All right, we're live. Okay. Welcome back to Talk with Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And we are here with Army Anonymous. Thank you, everyone, for being patient. Uh, The last uh, week was just extremely busy, especially with uh, my college graduation and my mom flew into town. So there was a lot going on. Uh, So apologies for the delay, but here we are. Yes, we are back and we are really excited to dive back into Army Anonymous. We've got quite a few submissions to get through today, so I guess without further ado, let's just get into it. So as per usual, we start with the general section, so we're going to go from general section and then go into the more specific categories. So the first submission of Army Anonymous this week, uh, it's quite a long one. They say, hello, I recently discovered this podcast and I'm almost through all the episodes. I'm currently listening to the episode about gatekeeping and it is reminding me of a recent conversation I had with my mom. I was telling my sister about a very nice win I had in Wordle and my mom started complaining about how the game is everywhere and that it's so annoying how people bandwagon on things and that she dislikes it on principle because of its popularity. She commented that she tends to dislike anything once it becomes popular even if she liked it before. I pointed out that this doesn't make her somehow immune to being influenced by people and what is popular if whether or not she likes something is influenced by other people's opinions on it, but I don't feel this really changed her mind. I initially assumed that her objections may be related to the effects that popularity can have on books or TV shows when profitability comes with popularity often causes the creators to extend a story past its natural end until quality deteriorates, but as the conversation went on it was clear this was not the case. She expressed frustration when a lot of people start to like something because many of those people aren't quote-unquote the right kind of people to like a certain thing and therefore aren't supposed to. This statement shocked me. It's an attitude that says that you think this is only for me and the people I like and if you like it, it is no longer special. My family has always been fairly nerdy and my mom always felt excluded and othered growing up. It seemed like a wild sort of hypocrisy. Knowing my family and how I grew up, there were always certain things that were looked down on, as if we were too good or too smart to like what was popular or have interest in anything overly frivolous and girly, including anything boy band related. BTS are the first group I've ever allowed myself to like and it is somewhat liberating, but I still sometimes have to work through my own internalized prejudice against it and get infuriating condescending comments from my dad at times such as, how old are you? I'm 27, thank you very much. I was never allowed to be a real kid and like normal things that other people liked without judgment. There were other factors to this beyond this attitude about popular things, but I can see where some of the attitudes and judgments I had as a teenager may have come from now. It seems to me like some people may have found acceptance and community within certain interests when they felt rejected by the world overall, and now feel threatened and invaded when the people who used to exclude them are now trying to get into those same interests. I feel this may be what is going on for some of these K-pop stands. It's not what makes them special or unique anymore and they need something to make them feel special since they had previously felt excluded outside of their K-pop community. Now they want to gatekeep it. Sorry, this was so long and a bit more of a rant than I had originally intended it to be. I just wish everyone would just allow people to like and enjoy things whether they are popular or not 
whether they enjoy it in the way that you think they should or not, as long as it's not harmful. And this is from the USA. Honestly, like, I totally agree. Like, like this whole issue with, like, gatekeeping and stuff like that, and then, you know, just this conversation that this person had with their mother about the way that she doesn't even like Wordle anymore because people like it, I definitely do think that it could possibly be rooted in some sort of I guess, trauma or some sort of bad experience that they've had in the past with people and the way that they have judged that person's interests. So while I can understand things like this, it's definitely not a healthy way to go about things. And if you just dislike something simply because so many other people are liking it, I feel like that's just really taking a lot out of uh, the standing experience in being a part of those communities. And there are definitely things that you need to work through internally for you to get over that. Exactly. I completely agree there. I understand a a lot of the psychological components that drive people to think that something is only for them and to gatekeep certain things because to them that's their place and... To see people that might have othered them in the past now try to take that place, you know, take up space in it, um, it can be it can be very uncomfortable. And while I understand that, and I think that feeling is valid, it is something that has to be worked upon internally, like you said. Like, just because you were not allowed to feel joy and experience these things... Um, at some point in time does not give you the right to deprive people of experiencing said thing just because you were that that's not your place and I, I think that is just setting up a terrible cycle um, and it's up to people to break that cycle and understand that you know what When I was younger, I didn't get to experience that thing. I didn't get to, you know, enjoy so-and-so thing, but I am not going to be like those people that told me no. I am going to be more welcoming. I am going to accept more people just like how I would have wanted to be accepted. Um, And that is something that people have to, you know, they have to get over that on their own or... I don't know, see a therapist. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, when it comes to things like this, therapy is definitely an option. Depends how big the trauma is. I never know. It's different from person to person. But, like, going off of what you said, you know, um, I am thinking of, like, not necessarily in the context of Wordle with this person's, like, mother, but more in the context of, like, the K-pop community, how, you know, it's one thing if you are deciding not to support something that's popular and they don't necessarily need your support to like thrive but in the instance of things like music artists where people just stop becoming a fan of certain music artists because those music artists become popular we've talked about it before on other podcast episodes how that's really just a surefire way to guarantee that your fave just does not ever make money from what they do 
And we always talk about the importance of being able to support your favorite artists when they need to be supported. And that's why armies are so big on supporting BTS the right way. That means like, if you are able to stream, then you should stream. If you are able to buy an album, you can buy an album. Just because you can't afford some options of support that doesn't necessarily make you more or less of an army. Although, if you have the ability to support BTS within your means, we encourage people to do that because we understand what it means for BTS if they were to suddenly not have enough funds to continue on. Because when it comes to music, a lot of people will say that they don't need to stream or buy something in order for them to prove that they like the music. And while I do understand that there is some sort of truth to that, you still do need to support them if you want your favorite artists to continue making music because this stuff is not free. You know, they have to put in so much time and effort into, um, you know, producing and songwriting and music video shooting. And that takes a lot of different people and all those people need to get paid as well. So there's a lot of things at stake when you are deciding whether or not to support your artists. And if, again, like I said, if it's something that it's simply just an issue of, oh, I can't afford this right now, fine. I'm not referring to people like that. I'm referring to people who know that they have the means to support somebody, but still don't do it through some sort of weird moral compass where it's like, oh, I'm better than this, or, oh, because this is popular, I'm just going to opt out. Because, uh, you know, if everyone had that same mentality of let me unstand these people because they're popular, they're keep, they're going to keep on thinking, oh, they're not going to miss me. I'm just one person. But if everybody thinks that, then they're really going to have no one left. It's it's really uh, so ridiculous how it's become normalized in the K-pop sphere to outwardly voice your unsupport i can't think of i can't think of that's like what is the opposite of support because it's not it's not like they're <laughs> hating but they're also refusing to do anything beneficial either so so it's weird um and it it, it boggles my mind because that that's not even just for like uh, music artists that could be for like your favorite tv show if people aren't watching it they're not going to make another season <laughs> Um, right, it's simple. So, I, I just, I don't understand the logic of I don't need to go out of my way. First of all, the fact that they see it as going out of their way is already a problem in itself. Um, but right. to them that they feel like they don't have to go out of their way to, you know, stream and, and support their favorite artists because to them... For some reason, streaming means, like, you just sit at your laptop all day and just, like, play a song on repeat, um, which, of course, we know, we've discussed, that is not it. But, yeah, with, when it comes to, like, just, you know, gatekeeping and, and acting like, oh, because this thing is so popular and makes me not enjoy it, that means other people have to also not enjoy it now, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just such an ugly attitude, and I, I really hope people can just grow up a little bit. It doesn't matter if you're already a grown adult. Um, that <laughs> line of thinking 
uh, still needs maturing because there's no way that you, a grown adult, can really be having the attitude of, oh, this thing is popular, so I don't like it. Like, we're, we're not in middle school. We're not in high school. Like, you don't have to pretend to, you know, like that indie band uh, just to seem cool and not seem not like all the other girls at school that are, like, into Justin Bieber or something. Like, I don't, like, I don't get it. Like, this whole not like other girls mentality, it's gotta go. Exactly. Like, I was suffering whenever I had to pretend to like something or not like something just to get approval from other people. I can even remember back in, like, first grade or something, uh, there were these two boys I used to play with, like, in my class, and I would pretend to like Star Wars just so I could play with them because they seemed to only, like, hang out with people who enjoyed Star no. Wars. And I really had, like, never seen any of the Star Wars movies, nor did I care to. Like, I was a very stereotypical, oh my gosh, pink, I love princesses type of girl when I was a child. So when they would talk about Star Wars, I would just pretend, like, I would know what was going on, but in reality, I had no idea. I knew, like, a few characters, but, like... I didn't know the actual storyline or whatever. And having to go and pretend to like something just, you know, for the sake of it not being popular or just for the sake of validation from other people, it's not fun. And honestly, the whole quote unquote principle of just dropping something the second that it becomes popular, it's really not a healthy mentality. It's not the right way to live. If you like something, and personally, like for me, in my case, because of the fact that I really like BTS and I'm focused on how their music has affected me personally, there's no amount of popularity in this world that would ever make me drop them because it's all about what the music means to you. It's not about how popular they get. It's not about who recognizes them or anything like that. So that's just something that I find really, really off-putting and hopefully your mother ends up going back to Wordle or finding something that she's interested in and rekindling that interest um, despite the fact that that thing is popular. So good luck to you and thank you for sharing a conversation. Uh, wait, quick question. Um, what? So at this point in time, have you seen Star Wars? I'm sorry, I have not. <laughs> uh, no shame. I'm just, I just, I just, I'm just curious. Like, have any of them? <laughs> no, not a single one. Oh I don't goodness. even like sci-fi like that. Oh my goodness. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not even, like, a huge Star Wars fan. Like, yeah, I'll watch the movies um, and stuff, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun. Next time, like, we have a hangout, maybe, maybe we'll just watch the first one. <laughs> yeah, maybe just the first one and I'll see how I feel. Because usually sci-fi is not my thing. I do like fantasy, but just not sci-fi. I'm really just not that interested. Like, Star Wars, Star Trek, all those types of, like, movies, like... I don't know. I, it just never really pulled me in. So maybe I'm just more of like a magic type of person. <laughs> I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, that was that submission. So the next submission says, hi, I love the podcast, smiley face. So I'm a Dynamite Era Army and I've never experienced the full album BTS comeback. I know there was B, which I'm not trying to minimize because it is an amazing album that the boys put so much hard work into. Uh, in brackets, they put a fly to my room enthusiast here with a waving emoji. Uh, but this one seems like everything will be on a larger scale. Do you have any advice for streaming slash supporting the album? Another smiley face. And this is from the USA. 
Well, hello, Dynamite Era Army. Glad that you're here. Um, in terms of streaming and supporting the albums, definitely what we always recommend is follow the streaming accounts, the big ones that are for your specific country. So since you're obviously your submission is from the U.S., you want to follow like U.S.-based accounts. You obviously want to follow BTS chart data. So you can always be hopping onto streaming parties. You can always be aware of the type of hashtags that we're using to kind of spread the word about the album being dropped. Uh, you can also follow them for any type of streaming advice or any type of rule changes in terms of like billboard or anything regarding like uh, iTunes and Spotify and stuff like that. They will always keep you updated on that type of stuff. So always go to those types of accounts. And then obviously you want to curate your timeline to make sure only positivity is coming through because, you know, when it comes to comeback season, there's a lot of people who try and really bring the mood down. And I know that because you're a kind of a, a relatively newer army, you kind of don't want that like spoiling your mood. You don't want your parade being rained on. So just do the best you can to support within your memes. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered the album or and you were like looking to pre-order the album, uh, definitely visit, uh, I believe it was, was it like the big hit site? Or you could go to your local retailers. Like they sell it at like Target, Walmart. You can always look on their websites. They have pre-order deals now. And if you pre-order online, I know for Target, you get the album at like a few dollars less than if you had like ordered it at Target. So, and then Target um, also, sometimes they'll come with like exclusives. Like sometimes they'll have uh, a special photo card that's only in the Target album, stuff like that. Oh, nice. Because I was planning on pre-ordering from Target anyway, because there's a Target close to my house. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any other advice, Delilah? Um, I'm to think. Not really. I think um, as long as you are just following, you know, all the big streaming accounts and try 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 not to take it too seriously um you know at the end of the day it is supposed to be fun comeback is really exciting you're gonna see bts performing um so many new stages and i don't know what kind of promotions they have um planned for for this comeback but it, it's always going to be exciting and just just have fun um i always like to emphasize that because once again the main reason you're here and the main reason you're a fan of BTS is because they make you happy and streaming and, you know, watching their performances is your way of repaying the happiness they give you. Exactly. So, um, good luck. And I hope that you really enjoy this comeback. I know I will. I know Delilah will. So yeah. So the next submission, they say, I'm sorry to use you as an encyclopedia again, but what does hashtag the BTS rapture mean? I've seen it a lot on the timeline, but I don't understand what it refers to. The universal shift caused by their existence alone? And this is from Germany. No. <laughs> this one this one made us giggle because we were going through these submissions and honestly we feel bad because this person must be so confused. So from what I know, the BTS Rapture, I mean, at the time this person submitted, it was probably like um, a couple of weeks ago. And I know that I, I know it was like a Twitter space or something where they were discussing some sort of things. I'm not necessarily sure what they were talking about in the Twitter space because I didn't join it. But I just know that they used that hashtag. And so 
people were using that hashtag to talk about stuff that was mentioned within that Twitter space. And if anyone doesn't know what a rapture is, basically it's kind of taken from like the biblical definition of the rapture where it's like at the end of time or like the end of the world, God is going to come down from heaven and he's going to take all of the people who are his followers up to heaven. And then anyone who is not a supporter of God will, I don't remember what was supposed to happen. Maybe they just didn't go with him or they just went straight to hell. I don't know. But <laughs> like the BTS rapture is basically just saying everyone who is a fan of BTS will stay winning. And then those who are antis, they'll just, be marinating in their own hatred and their own bitterness and anger and so um i don't know what prompted that twitter space but i'm sure it was something big yeah i can't remember either but usually there's like something that happens either with another fandom or you know just something in the media that triggers a big twitter space like that but i i wasn't in that twitter space either i just saw tweets with the hashtag for it but yeah, hope that answers your question. Um, yeah, so next submission. Um, this one says, I enjoyed episode 41. As someone who is old and been in K-pop since I was in middle school in the aught, in the aughts, in the, I, I don't know what that word, <laughs> I, I don't know what that word means, sorry. <laughs> um, the Wonder Girls talking point has especially irked me. I love Wonder Girls. I still pay attention to all their solo activities based on that Hiana included and lived through the US activities era. At the time, Wonder Girls and SNSD, also known as Girls Generation for non K pop stands, were in competition to be the nation's girl group. And at the height of their popularity, Wonder Girls targeted America to little lasting effect. They were widely considered to have lost the fight to SNSD because of this. And the Korean sponsors and deals and activities that cost them was a big deal. The choice lost money, lost the relevancy in South Korea, was considered a failure and an example of why not to heavily invest in targeting the impenetrable U.S. market. All the naysaying, BTS being stupid for targeting the West after the Social Artist Award was pretty much based on what happened to Wonder Girls. So why did people suddenly start upholding that? Same flaunted failure, like, quote, this will be you next, end quote, as now something to be exalted, respected, and referenced. The insult of this false equivalency to both Wonder Girls and BTS is staggering. It honestly makes me mad. This thing that has been regarded as a failure and the worst mistake for Wonder Girls being used as a talking point by people who don't even know or care about what it did, them, did to them career-wise. That's why Sunmi was so empathetic. It had no lasting impact as a gain for K-pop or Korean and Asian artists, and only a negative lasting impact for Wonder Girls. This is from Japan. And yes, I th th all of this, yes, I will never understand how Wonder Girls quote-unquote paved the way when Wonder Girls uh, promoting in the U.S. was regarded as one of JYP's biggest failures, like one of their biggest missteps. It'll, it blows my mind how quick the narrative changed. Um, like, you can't have Wonder Girls failing, um, but also somehow their presence is like what allowed BTS to grow in the US market. Like, that, that you can't have it both ways. 
Exactly. Like, I have talked about this for so long, you know, all the threads I did on paving the way in the past, and it's so frustrating to talk about because I know that so many K-pop fans are so stuck in their ways. It doesn't matter how many times we talk about it, it doesn't matter how many tweets we make on it, they will just always continuously miss the point and change the goalposts because we've talked about in the past how Wonder Girls really did nothing in terms of the longevity of the exposure for K-pop. All it really did was, I mean, they went and performed there, nothing worked, and then they went back to Korea, but nobody was looking out for K-pop after that. And the same thing with Gangnam Style, even though he managed to break records, uh, Psy ended up going back into Korea and then people once again were still not taking K-pop seriously. Or at the very least, it wasn't easy for any K-pop acts to break into the Western music industry. And so, like, even though Delilah and I were not here for the whole Wonder Girls promoting in the US thing, like, we weren't actively looking at that because we're not old K-pop fans, as in, like, older generation K-pop fans, um, we were still present for the amount of people in, like, 2017 and 2018 who were talking about how, oh, you know, there's no way that BTS is going to make it because Wonder Girls didn't make it, and even EXO, they're as big as BTS, but they're not focusing on the US because they know it's a bad idea because so many people have gone over there and promoted and then nothing has happened with it. But then the second that BTS ends up surpassing people's expectations, suddenly people expect us to credit the same people that they were telling us that we were going to end up like. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense that the Top Social Artist Award was over and over again called a paper award and not relevant. And then all of a sudden, fast forward like a year, two, three years later, and now everyone is trying to um, at, include um, K-pop groups at and all of their tweets and all these hashtags and that way they can boost their groups in the social charts. And then that way they have a chance at the Top Social Artist Award. And we all know no one has a chance against BTS in the Top Social Artist Award. I mean, that's probably, probably why Billboard got rid of the award because they didn't want BTS to break Justin Bieber's record. Because we know they definitely would have. Um, it, it, it's just really... It just it makes me feel crazy that people are changing history just right before you and saying, you know, this is what happened when I was there and I witnessed it and I know for a fact what happened. And to see people just completely... Um, just completely drop any responsibility of the conversations that were happening three, four years ago to support their own narrative just because they don't like BTS or they don't like armies or they don't like uh, HYBE. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous and I, I feel like it's also exhausting. Yeah, it's very exhausting because, like I said, we've had this conversation so many times, both on the podcast and on Twitter for years now, literally since 2017, ever since BTS has blown up, we've been having to defend them against all these people saying that 
BTS were going to fail, that they were only seeking Western validation, that nothing was ever going to come from it, and now suddenly they've blown up and we're supposed to credit K-pop groups X, Y, and Z who never even broke through to the West. And it's like, what did they ever do for us? And I've said this before, um, not on Twitter, but on a YouTube comment under an unpopular opinion, shout out to when those were popular, by the way, um, where I had said that when it comes to all of these achievements where BTS is the first to do something, you cannot credit that to anybody but BTS alone. Because there's absolutely no way that you can tell me that me being the first to do something should be credited to somebody who didn't even do what I did. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, the same way that you wouldn't credit, like, some nobody who's not even, like, in the bubbling under of the Billboard 200 uh, for somebody who managed to top the charts because it's like how does that make sense? How, how are they paving the way for me? If anything, it should be the opposite and we've talked about this because the second that BTS had really started dominating the charts was when that influx of K-pop groups started promoting in the West and K-pop groups found it easier to be able to promote in the West and again to that people say oh well you know, if BTS really paved the way, then how come none of these groups are achieving anything that BTS is achieving? And I've already addressed this on my main Twitter page, but only thing that BTS did was remove the obstacles from the course. You still gotta run. The whole reason that paving the way is paving the way is that it makes something easier, but it doesn't mean that everyone is going to do it. They can still remove every single obstacle on the path and these people will still not make it to the finish line. And that has nothing to do with the path that BTS have paved, but it has absolutely everything, like it has absolutely everything to do with the people who are running that race. And, you know, I don't want to speak on any group's talents, although another factor could be that these fans truly are not putting in the fan labor that is required to end up achieving things that BTS have achieved. And that's a huge problem that we've talked about in the past, how some K-pop fans just really do not try and they demonize actually supporting your faves. So before you start to blame BTS for your fave shortcomings, I think you really need to look in the mirror because for a lot of these fandoms, the call is truly coming from inside the house. Exactly. And, you know, we have talked about it in previous episodes, so I don't really have much, too much to add, but uh, it's really great to hear from the perspective of an older army who has been, you know, a K-pop stan um, for so long and was there during all of these events that people are trying to rewrite. So thank you for this submission. Um, yes. The next submission. Yeah. Uh, did, did you want to, did you want to read it? Mm. Oh, okay. I'll read it. Um, so the next submission says, hi, I wanted to ask you guys, now that comeback is near, do you think that the smear campaign is going to get a lot worse? Like we already just had two or three different situations with malicious media articles. It scares me a lot, taking into account the things that have already been said until now. Wishing you all the best with your podcast. And this is from Uruguay. Uh, thank you. And also in terms of quote unquote smear campaigns, um, it's always just best to ignore whatever is going on because these type of smear campaigns rely on clout so it's best to try and tune it out as much as you can because this type of thing is very common 
during comeback season where people will just try their best to tear the fandom down, cause fandom division, or try and dig some non-existent dirt up on BTS. It's just very frustrating. Like the whole thing with um, that weirdo who stole Jimin's mail and then suddenly made it seem like he was purposefully not paying bills for his apartment when in reality the only reason why he couldn't pay the bill is because his mail was stolen. Oh my gosh. The, and like there were just so many articles that like kept popping up trying to say, oh no, Jim and Axel knew the whole time and blah 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 blah. And like all of this. <sighs> Are you done, Train? Are you done? <laughs> Thank you. Um. Ah, see, this it's just rude. <laughs> it's just rude. It's disrespectful. But the these types of, you know, smear came campaigns they they happen a lot to bts right before comeback and it's and it's not even like a bts specific thing that happened it's just i think it's just a weird culture um in south korean media in general you'll see this a lot with different groups or before a group is about to debut like all this information that's just been in the vault subtly comes out um there there there's a lot of information that was gathered maybe six months ago but oh so and so you know idol or actor is getting popular because of this drama they're currently starring in so let's now drop this you know out of context um scandal from several months back because it's relevant or it's or because so and so person is now relevant um it's odd it's it's not a surprise that it's happening. It's more of a surprise that people are feeding into it because I guess, well, I don't know. I guess it's not a surprise. Maybe just newer armies are accustomed to, to this type of thing, um, especially since we haven't had a proper comeback in a long time. So I, I just hope people realize that a lot of times um, these scandals are not as big as aunties or k-pop stands or solo stands want you to believe that it's as big as just because panchoa translates um an article um from three weeks ago and it has like three thousand upvotes doesn't mean anything um netizens in korea do not represent um what a majority of people in korea think or a majority of what Korean armies think. Uh, just like how you wouldn't think that uh, 3,000 likes on some random tweet on Twitter doesn't represent um, some cohort of people. Exactly. So it's always best to just ignore that stuff and be vigilant so you can make sure that you're not falling for some sort of trap. We always encourage people to do some digging on their own, do their own research and make sure that they have their sources confirmed because, you know, a lot of people will try and take advantage of the fact that some people are um, less aware of what's going on in the fandom and that type of stuff is just really, really problematic. So always be vigilant, always be careful and uh, yeah, good luck with the comeback. So the next submission says... While BTS comeback is on the way, old armies are asking to protect our Twitter accounts. What should be done and how? Though I spend some time on this app, I'm still confused how to make a backup account. 
Can you put a thread about do's and don'ts? That'll be of great help. For how many times one song can be repeated in loop until it doesn't count in filtered streams? And if I block multiple accounts at one time, is there a possibility that my account can be held by Twitter? Thank you for supporting Purple You with Purple Hearts uh, and a smiley face. And this is from India. So a couple questions to address in this submission. So um, how to make a backup account? I mean, the making a backup account is the exact same process as just making a regular account on Twitter although you just mark it as your backup account and then let people from your main account know what your back account what your backup account is on Twitter so that they can follow it in the event that you happen to get suspended for some reason. And then um, in terms of how many times a song can be repeated on loop until it doesn't count in filtered streams, we just recommend that people don't loop at all. There are definitely um, tutorials on how to make curated playlists that follow the billboard rules that um don't allow that like don't require you to loop and also maximize the amount of streams that we can get so if you follow the fan bases like the charting fan bases of your specific country i'm pretty sure that india has their own charting account um then they will probably tell you all you need to know about how that can be done although to be honest fan bases of any country would have those types of rules anyway so um yeah, although because it's obviously towards like Billboard, actually, you might want to go to the US one. So um, go to some US fan bases, see how they're curating their playlists, and then follow their example. And also the last question, um, you can block as many accounts as you like on Twitter, and Twitter is not really going to care. I know people who have like thousands of accounts blocked, and that's due to chain blocking, which is, for all who don't know, it's a type of thing where you can uh block somebody and then block all of the people who are following them um and then it kind of like goes on from there like this sort of chain reaction although i tend not to use those because you know sometimes people may be following problematic people without knowing that they're problematic so i don't want like innocent people to get caught in the crossfires of those blockchains because sometimes they can be kind of finicky but if that's something that you want to use then go ahead but me personally i don't use them Sometimes I will use them only um, if I see like a tweet that has like a bunch of likes on it and I'm like, there's no way a decent person would have read this tweet and generally pressed the like button. Um, so then I might use <laughs> a bot to like block um, a large portion of the people that like that tweet. But yeah, you can block as many people as you want. Twitter does not care. Um, for me... Um, when it comes to playing songs, um, if you're using Spotify, for example, Spotify is really weird, um, where for some reason they, uh, filter less if you have a premium account versus a free account, um, mm. and, which doesn't make sense because if you have a free account, you're already having to sit through those long ads that appear every two, three songs, um, I, they're terrible, they're terrible, um, and I think uh, for a playlist, have about two to three songs in between the title track. And then once your playlist um, ends, usually people don't shuffle the playlist. You just have the playlist going. Once that playlist ends, don't um, loop the playlist. Maybe go listen to something else that's not in that playlist um, and then go back to the playlist and restart it. Or you can look for other people's playlists. Yeah, because that's during true. comeback season. Yeah, during comeback season, a lot of people will share the playlist that they've made personally. 
So once your playlist is finished, you could just go and hop on a different one and then that will help you maximize the stream. So just do what you can um, and hopefully our advice has helped you. Okay. Next submission, this says, the amount of hate slash drama brought up during comeback season. People need to check sources before spreading misinformation and slash or adding to the drama from the USA. Oh my gosh. This is... This is why I told Daisy I was coming into the recording studio, which is not a recording studio, it's just my bedroom, um, but coming into the <laughs> recording studio, just fuming, because the amount of just straight up lies I have read on Twitter within the last few days, all to victimize the BTS, all to just like remove their autonomy, all to just, you know, heal their solo manti narratives, is driving me crazy, especially what we just read today about um mm. so if people don't know today is uh may 10th so the track list for cd3 has dropped and there is this jimin account talking about how they're so concerned and don't understand why um jimin was not properly credited under tony montana um when he wrote the lyrics to his verse and what kind of BS is that? Jimin did not right. write the lyrics to his verse. He said it from his own mouth. And these sources are not hidden. They're not something you have to, you know, dig to find. He said it on stage in 4K. <laughs> right. They literally, he literally told people on the same day that he performed the song on the exact same stage that he performed it on. That no, I did not my, write my verse. I asked uh, Suga to write the verse, and you know Suga had confirmed that. Even though he had encouraged Jimin to write his own lyrics, Jimin said that he felt like he couldn't do it because he was like I don't know, like a little bit embarrassed, a little bit shy. He felt like he couldn't, you know, the lyrics weren't coming out right, so he opted out, and that's what he said on stage. And Jimin solo stands are trying to claim that. Yoongi is somehow robbing Jimin of his credits. Either that or it's Big Hit or Hype that's sort of robbing him of his credits, even though Jimin's never had writing credits in the song from the beginning. So, like, people are deliberately spreading false information. And they're the source that they were using that, like, Jimin um, had writing credits on Tony Montana is this one um, post that they had where it was Jimin who had wrote something about like Tony Montana, but then it was taken from, uh, I believe it was taken from uh, some sort of like interview where all the BTS members were asked to recommend some songs or movies to Jin and Jimin picked Tony Montana to recommend to Jin, but because it was all in Korean, what that said that they just took it and ran with it and they purposefully used the language gap and weaponized that against other people to make it seem like Jimin said something that he didn't and obviously people who don't understand Korean are just going to take it as facts because there's you know this really bad habit that some people have where if something is written in Korean it could literally just be anything written in Korean in like a notes app or something and somehow that goes as fact because people can't read it to actually check 
Um, and so because of that, people were like, you're literally taking something that he did not say at all and making it seem like he was credited for the song when he has told us himself that he never was. And now, thanks to all this misinformation that's spreading, like at the moment right now, two trends that are like on my For You page on Twitter, um, under music, there is the hashtag free Jimin from Hive trending with 15.4k tweets. And then under Korean music trend, there is the hashtag be fair to Jimin with 37.7k tweets. So this is also the stands trying to make it seem like Jimin has been mistreated, that he's been robbed of his rightful credits, and they've just been completely misinterpreting and just falsifying information this entire time. And so many people have run with it. And so because of all this misinformation, like people really need to work hard to actually research because I've been saying this for time and we said it with previous submissions, people like solo stands take advantage of those who do not do research. So if you are not researched on something, please do not just believe anything that somebody says. If you see somebody saying something, then always ask them to confirm the source. And if they can't give it to you, then it's not true. And what pisses me off the most is at user Jimintical, J-I-M-I-N-T-I-C-A-L. That's the at. Um, you have seven. Ooh, government name. You have 79.1k followers. Um, if you have Jesus. that many followers on Twitter, you have the social responsibility to not be spreading misinformation, especially in a fandom that is rampant with solo stands. And for people to be correcting you and telling you that you're spreading misinformation, and for you to completely disregard that and say that, quote, um, y'all are funny for making excuses, but calling me a solo when yourselves are acting like hypocrites hypocrites muted end quote um so people are telling you that this is incorrect and your concern is ill-placed it's fake there's there's no reason for you to be saying um that it's unfair he's left without proper creds and that it doesn't sit right with you uh and for you to you know just say oh i'm muting this post when people are you know, obviously correcting the information that you are spreading to people that are going to, you know, hype up your tweets and use you as an example of a solo narratives of why Jimin's being mistreated. Um, you can't say that um, it's not fair people are calling you solo, that you're just Jimin biased when you are actively engaging in solo narratives and you refuse to be held accountable, and you refuse to accept that, oh, what I thought, um, I thought that Jimin had written his lyrics and wasn't properly credited, but I guess I was wrong. He never wrote those lyrics, and he doesn't need to be credited because he didn't write anything, um, and that's okay. He, he still performed it, and it's a great performance, and that is what should be hyped. Credit goes to where credit is due like i like there has never been an instance in the entirety of bts's career where big hit has not properly credited something that it's literally never been an issue i can point out plenty of other groups that have had 
you know, um, accusations with plagiarism and then how to sneak producer credits in um, after the track list came out, but that's never happened um, in BTS's career. So to just assume that um, Jimin was so clearly omitted from the credits, moving like blinks, wondering why YG doesn't credit Lisa and Jenny for their raps they didn't write, um, it's just, it, 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 it blows my mind. How couldn't you just think, huh, Jimin isn't credited, and then instead ask someone, hey, who wrote the lyrics? And then someone will say, oh, Yoongi wrote the lyrics, and here you can see at the muster they were performed at, Jimin said that, um, he tried writing the lyrics, but eventually just gave the responsibility to Yugi. And then they could have been like, ah, okay, not writing a whole thread explaining um, how concerned you are that Jimin um, isn't being credited or that he didn't get to choose his own demo. I don't know why his fake love demo wasn't, he, it wasn't picked. I don't know why his, um, why Promise wasn't picked. Like, I don't know why. It'll probably come out in the behind the scenes that BTS released for all of their albums. But until that comes out, you do not go on this app with 80,000 followers and presume that Jimin is being um, mistreated. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. And for you to say, oh, I'm just Jimin biased. I'm not a solo. You need to rethink that. Re rethink your audience. Um, because if all the likes and the retweets are that you're getting is from solo stands, then you need to do some self-reflection, some serious self-reflection. Exactly. And we just cannot be affording to let the solo community grow because we already have a tough time dealing with them as is. And people who are correcting this misinformation are getting unfairly jumped by solos who try to outnumber these people and ratio them for speaking the truth. And so when it comes to things like this, you really just gotta be careful. Always make sure you know where the source is coming from. If you don't ask around, if no one knows where it came from, then treat it with like, treat that, that information with a grain of salt. And I just cannot stress how much you need to beware of people like solo stands because you just never know what's gonna happen if you ever watch well, you do if you ever hype them up like you know exactly what's gonna happen like they're obviously going to start changing narratives on like online in terms of like the fandom and you know what's real what's not like we've already been dealing with this for so many years let's not extend all of this so yeah and moving on to the last one of the general section, this submission says, so I just had a random thought. Why is it okay slash accepted for other art forms like TV shows, movies, and comedians to have a group of writers working on a project, but as soon as it comes to music, there is an issue and it is something to look down upon. And the place that they put in terms of like where they're from, they just said not in Las Vegas with a frowny face. <laughs> me too, person. Me too. Um, Honestly, I felt that. But, I felt that. But this um, submission, yeah, it's it's so accurate. Um, and uh, Daisy had just tweeted about this, but all of this sudden uh, disdain for BTS's in-house producers, like. 
P-Dog, especially in Slow Rabbit, like the, the, you know, just hatred and, you know, lack of, of credits to them is something that in all the years I've been in ARMY, I have never seen until recently. It absolutely blows my mind. Like, when I became a fan in, like, 2015, um, and even for, like, all the years after that, people, I've actually never seen another group of, uh, fans actually respect all the people credited, um, in, a, in, like, BTS songs before. It's just, it's just, like, the relationship, um, that BTS has, you know, with their in-house producers and with armies it's like always been like this pretty cohesive relationship um i mean these people have been there before bts debuted they watched bts get their first win for i need you on m countdown in 2015 they watched bts win the top social artist they watched bts win um their first um dossing like i I mean, there's literally videos of Slow Rabbit just absolutely sobbing watching BTS, you know, win an award. And so, I don't know where this, you know, sudden, holier-than-thou, you know, we don't have to respect so-and-so or give them all of these credits just because they work with BTS came from. But it needs to stop because it, it's nasty. I don't like it. And it's, it's frankly just absolutely shocking to see these attitudes. I agree. And a lot of it has to do with people's sudden disdain for big hit or just hype in general. And, you know, that's another thing that we can get into another time. I don't know, maybe we could even make a full episode as to the hatred of hype as a whole, but... Um, I feel like those two things are really interlinked because their hatred for the company has made them see everybody in that company as one big entity, like a monolith. So it doesn't matter if BTS respect one person in that company because HYBE, like as a whole, is just this one big bag entity to them, then everybody under HYBE falls under that like generalization. And so then the second that you praise even a singular staff member in HYBE, people start calling you a company stand, people start jumping you, people start saying, imagine being a fan of a company, blah, blah, blah. When that's really just such a black and white take on the matter that I just don't even know where to start because when it comes to BTS and the work that they've done with their music, we have always acknowledged the fact that it is a team effort. And even though BTS are great producers, we have heard their work before. They're also great songwriters and they're great composers. We all know this. Although we can also agree that their in-house producers that they work with are also good. They make good work. And especially P-Dog, people have such a massive hate for. I think probably because he's just the most credited in-house producer on BTS's work, because he's quite literally had credits on every single Korean album that BTS has put out since debut. Like, there is not a single Korean album that you can look at that does not have his name in the credits. And so I feel like people get mad at that because they have this idea that they want BTS to 
only to be the only ones credited for something even though they haven't done something and that's okay just because bts didn't produce a certain track that doesn't necessarily take oh take away their talent as artists it just means that they happen to collaborate with somebody else and people treat collaborations as such like bottom of the barrel things because people think people treat collaborations as like just BTSing with like some other outside artists, but collaborations could also be between BTS and producers, in this case, the in-house producers. And the fact that people are just so like, they're just so ready to dog on people like P-Dog. Um, the fact that like when we saw P-Dog's name on like the credits for like the proof CDs recently, cause um, right now it's May 10th. So this is the last day that they were releasing track lists. And when people were looking at the track list for like day one and like for like CD one and CD two, I know that um, when people were like, oh my gosh, like P-Dog's, P-Dog's name is there. People were like looking at us in disdain. I remember even seeing like quote tweets like, oh, I thought we were only here for BTS. Like what's all this about? It's like, so just because BTS is on the track, that doesn't mean that we can't also like other people's work, even though they're working on the same track. It just made no sense to me. And, um, you know, one last thing I'll say about this is that um, when it comes to what Namjoon says with teamwork makes the dream work, I feel like that doesn't apply to just us and BTS, but also to BTS and the people they work with because BTS and just Big Hit in general, when it comes to how they manage BTS, there has always been such a massive emphasis on teamwork and how in order to even achieve these things everybody needs to be working together and so for people to just constantly dismiss the contributions of the people that bts respect and treat as family like i'm not saying that you have to appreciate his work if you prefer the way that bts produce or another in-house producer um works compared to p-dog that's fine but to just completely disrespect him unprovoked when he literally has done nothing wrong, I just don't understand where that mentality came from. It was very weird. And then there was, like, for example, that um, tweet, and I didn't want this army to get jumped when I quoted them. Um, I just wanted to correct them because they said, oh, well, wasn't P-Dog the producer that said uh, Tay couldn't release his Christmas song with Jimin? And I quoted it, and I was like, um, no. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said. Basically, I was like, uh, no. He said from his own mouth in the same V-Life that he played that song, um, it was just a producer. There was no, there's not even, like, a gender mentioned. It's a completely unnamed producer. Don't know, um, who it was. And, um, they ended up deleted, and they had replied, and they are like, oh, sorry, like, I didn't know, it's something I heard, and I'm like, no, it's fine, um, just wanted to correct you, because this is exactly how misinformation in the fandom spreads. Solos or mantis will say so-and-so, um, and then all of a sudden, um, people take it as fact, and then they go and tell other people it, even though, um... If you look at the source and there's absolutely no merit uh, that that information is based on. Um, so to just like see people, um, you know, discrediting uh, the people that BTS has been with longer than most of us have been with them is, is just really crazy to me. And don't get us wrong, we're not saying, oh, BTS works with them so we have to like them. Like that's not what we're saying either. 
Because if that were the case, I would be Supreme Boy's number one stand. But you don't. See, <laughs> but you don't see me here all up on Supreme Boy. No. Why is he um, out of the military? Go back. <laughs> um, um. So, like, I, I. It's just like all of these assumptions that if you appreciate the baseline that p dog wrote for pied piper suddenly you're a company stand right and trying to correct misinformation also gets you labeled as a company stand because it's like oh why are you defending the producers like i have seen and like i even saw people saying that oh armies are shooters for bts staff more than they are for bts themselves and i'm like look i don't know what timeline you have but everybody I know on my timeline fights for BTS, and just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It just means that you have a terrible timeline, and you should probably think about curating it. See episode three for more details. Yeah, I I, I don't understand how people can genuinely say, oh, armies never support so-and-so, and then they say this about every single member, and it's like, who do we support, though? So if we're, we're it, OT zero baby, yeah, uh, we must be OT zero because if we hate every single member, um, like who who are we supporting then? Um, because so was always like to say, oh, armies will always hype up so and so, but never so and so. But then they say that for everyone, so like everything just cancels out. Of course, the it's PEMDAS. Like the the PEMDAS um, is unable to compute actually. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a fraction that, uh, it's a negative fraction, actually, so, um, oh. it just, it just, it, it can't, it, it, it doesn't work out, okay? Um, I just, I just really wish that if you see misinformation, um, correct it, so then that way other people can see that information being corrected. Um, I think, yes, we should tell people to um, delete and bring back bullying solo stands. Um, but if you see someone that's, like, genuinely going, oh, well, didn't this happen, question mark? They're, they're, a lot of times, they're probably genuinely curious if so-and-so happened. Um, because if they heard something and they're presented with information that contradicts that, it makes sense that they're going to ask a question. So um, I think if people are genuinely asking questions about a specific event that occurred, um, we should just correct them and, and try not to be too harsh. Because um, I, I think some people just are genuinely um, curious, like that person I had quoted, um, which is why um, they had deleted after people were quoting them saying, like, no, that's just not true. Exactly. So definitely just go out of your way to inform those who are curious. And if someone is very clearly a solo stand, feel free to bully. Um, but yes, um, that takes care of the general section. So now we're going to go into the internal fandom issue section. So this first submission says TikTok quote unquote armies in brackets K-pop stands are really toxic and they need to go. And I think we as a fandom really need to find ways to silence them somehow because they all love to mock Bang Ten and gatekeep their music while not even spreading their music or knowing half of their discography. Like, most of the time they're talking crap about them and their music. 
as a fan, you normally are happy when people are discovering the music your fave artists make. And this is from Belgium. Yeah. And we were talking about this in our gatekeeping episode um, a couple of episodes ago about how it really just makes no sense how people who look to have never, ever spoken about BTS's music in their life are suddenly gatekeeping it from other people who are just genuinely getting into the music. And we talked about how there were conspiracy theories about how maybe those people are gatekeeping on purpose to make armies look bad um or because um they are just k-pop fans who are bitter that bts is getting attention so they're trying to sabotage the whole tiktok trend thing so that people stop checking them out and they go and check out that person's other faves instead and so even though there's no confirmation on that i still think that they are genuinely plausible reasons and i could definitely see that happening um although it really is frustrating just the way that people will just never talk about bts's music until somebody else likes it and maybe it even goes back into like that whole mentality of oh if more people like it then i'm not going to feel special liking it so they try and discourage other people from getting into it however that is right i don't know tiktok it needs a purge i I actually wish that, like, more Twitter armies opened to TikTok specifically just so they could combat all of these TikToks that just, um, just paint BTS in a bad light for giggles. It doesn't make any sense to, um, you know, degrade the boys for TikTok likes. Um, and I feel like if more Twitter armies are on TikTok and, you know, we hype each other up, Hopefully we can start cleaning out the muck of, um, of, you know, BTS's image on TikTok because there are just so many things on there that aren't true or, um, people will just, I don't know, there's taking, like, things BTS said from, like, many years ago, um, like, out of context just, just for a joke and it's, it, it it needs to end. Like I also don't under I also don't understand why TikTok armies get all their information from TikTok. That is such a terrible source because you know BTS are on Twitter, they're on Weverse, they're even on Instagram now. But like still Instagram, they mainly use for like pictures and stuff. If you want to know what they're talking about in their stories, you have to follow translation accounts on um on Twitter for the most part. Um because you're not going to get that on TikTok. So if you're getting all your information from TikTok, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just I just keep on imagining that stop it, get some help video. But <laughs> honestly, like I would volunteer as tribute to be on TikTok and at least help combat, but I'm doing too many side projects right now. So I'm kind of like, I have my hands tied and I also am like terrible with TikTok. I really don't know how to use it that much. It's the same with like Discord. Like I'm still figuring Discord out. So I don't know, maybe one day when I'm less busy, I'll try and figure out what I can do. But I will encourage other people to definitely get on TikTok and just work to undo these weird narratives that are spreading on there because I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. And the next submission actually kind of um, connects with the last one. They said, I think we need to be harsher on armies on TikTok and Instagram who dramatize or make up stories about BTS, which are then believed by baby armies. There are so many false statements and stereotypes I had to unlearn as a baby army, and we need to get rid of them once and for all. From the USA. 
Yes. <laughs> like agreed. Like there, I mean, there is there needs to be a major spring cleaning. I don't know how exactly oh, that's going to happen, but it needs to happen, and it needs to happen fast because it, it it's becoming a hoarder house on TikTok. That's how big the mess is. I know we're about to be on like hoarders buried alive very soon. I'm afraid. So hopefully, as time goes on, people will start cluing in and just try and combat these narratives the best that they can because. Baby armies, again, are very impressionable as they come into the fandom because, especially because a lot of them are from uh, Western GP, so a lot of them will really not know how K-pop fandoms operate in comparison to Western fandoms. And so it's really, really important that you catch them early on and educate them about what's going on so that they don't end up falling for all this misinformation and stuff. But yeah, the next submission, they say, Shooters, I think we have realized how bad solos and shippers can be, but I think we haven't realized how bad shooters hurt our fandom and their wrongdoings. And this is from Germany. Yeah, when it comes to shooter armies, we've talked about them a little bit in episode three, but like shooters just really go out of their way to constantly fill their page with negativity and fill the pages of those who follow them with negativity because they're just always looking to get clout from clapping back to aunties who would have otherwise gone completely unnoticed if they had just not replied or quote tweeted them. And it can be really frustrating because a lot of these aunties do thrive on clout. And so when you're giving like 720 quote tweets to somebody who simply just said BTS sucks, like our priorities are out of whack. I definitely understand the need to respond to issues that are a lot more serious, but when it's just everyday run of the mill trolls and you're giving them so much attention, why are you doing that? Like that's so unnecessary. And all of that negativity and attention to aunties is really what gets us in trouble, especially during comeback time where we should be focused on just listening to the music. Right. There's there's just so many times where um, a tweet will clearly be by some account that doesn't even have a lot of followers. Like, if an account has, like, 300 followers, like, don't let that. 300 followers is absolutely nothing. I don't, I, wait, actually, I lied. I do have over 300 followers, but my account, <laughs> what I say, means nothing. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, if, if you see a, a, a tweet and it doesn't even, like, have that much engagement, why, why are you interacting with it? And once again, putting negative energy onto the timeline during comeback season, and even if it's not comeback season, some things you just gotta, just gotta ignore, um, and learn to, just learn to realize that some people are just not worth um their energy the energy and time of day uh especially when there's someone that is clearly not going to change their mind um there, there's no point in um trying to move an unmovable rock exactly so yeah, I think that covers that submission. So the next one says, 
Sometimes I want to gatekeep ARMY from the new fans coming in because some of them don't know the difference between casually standing and actually standing. Some of the people want the clout that comes with being in ARMY. They don't care about the music, the boys, or the culture we built over the years. I hate that they try to strip away what makes ARMY unique, and this is from the USA. Yeah, so similar to what we were talking about before, how so many people really adopt the ARMY title without really understanding what that entails. And even though, um, you know, as we talked about in our gatekeeping episode, there really is no like strict guidelines that there are for being an army, there still is some stuff that's just like genuine common courtesy where if you have not really taken the time to listen to their music or their other non-music content like interviews and stuff like that, or basically you just have a very shallow experience with being a fan of BTS, then we would refer to you as a casual fan. And like we've said in the past, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a casual fan. But the problem is when people who are casual fans tend to speak over people who have been fans for years, because it's like, why are you preaching to somebody who has a lot more knowledge and experience than yourself? It can be really irritating and sometimes downright rude and disrespectful and trying to come in and somehow change the fandom despite the fact that you never really took the time to understand the fandom culture it's it's just really really annoying so i understand that need obviously we know that not all new fans are like that because you know new fans is just a broad generalization for like a bunch of people and everybody's their own individual person with their own personality and stuff like that. So there's absolutely no way that there's going to be a one-size-fits-all term for newer fans. But for the people who are casual fans and they act like they're not casual fans and that they're genuine armies, I guarantee you, you are going to get nobody's sympathy for that. You're not going to get any brownie points and I would urge that you please just go and do a little bit more research on BTS, take a little bit more time to listen to their music. I promise you there is no time limit, although people will get mad at you when you start talking and spreading misinformation on things that you clearly do not know about. Exactly. And it, for people to just be in the comments like, oh, I'm an ARMY, um, but I, I still haven't listened to uh i don't i don't know or, or it's i've seen it on tiktok it's very prevalent we're like i've been in army for a year and i still don't know half their songs and it's like what are you doing like i know they have they have, yeah. like they have a very large and extensive discography but the first thing i do when i discover an artist i really like is i listen to their discography and sometimes it's not even like oh you have to listen to the al- albums in order just hit shuffle on like Apple Music or Spotify, like, just hit shuffle, because there's absolutely no way that TikTok armies somehow don't know songs like Intro Persona, like, that, that's, that's quite a recent album, um, or don't know songs like, um, what was it, oh yeah, Tomorrow and Let Me Know were songs that people, um, were saying that, like, are underrated, and, Literally, like Daisy was saying to me um, a few days ago, in every like BTS, you know, like Jimin high note compilation on YouTube, let me know was in there. Like, ever since um, I've been in Army, uh, let me know and tomorrow are some of the most talked about B sides. Of course, as the years goes on, there's other B sides people talk about now, but 
the fact that people have the audacity to state that those songs are underrated, like that, you don't know what that word means. <laughs> Why go go back go back to um the dictionary because I don't think you're using that word correctly. Exactly. Like so many people try and act like they are somehow the founder of or like the first discoverer of some sort of information. Meanwhile, it's information that pretty much everybody knew about. Oh my gosh. The whole, oh, why did you guys keep this from me? Who was keeping it from from you? If anything, we beg y'all to go and stream the music. So acting like somebody somehow gatekept it from you, it's like, no, we've been telling y'all to listen to their music, but for some reason, nobody wants to do that. And now you're making TikToks that get 100,000 likes talking about, am I the only one who's never heard Outro Ego before? And it's like, girl, where have you been? You've been a fan for three years. Where have you been? Exactly. It's just... <sighs> makes my head spin. I I don't like. Listen, I don't ex- maybe I don't expect people to maybe like know all of the songs on let's say rap lines mixtapes or maybe newer armies are just completely aware of their SoundCloud releases. Um, is that Alice? It's Cordelia. So Grace's cat, not mine. Um, but. Uh, especially because BTS, you know, they post a lot of their SoundCloud releases during Festa season, which is in June. So if you became an ARMY, you know, after June and you haven't experienced another muster, uh, another, um, you know, another Festa season yet, then you probably aren't aware of how much they utilize SoundCloud until, um, someone brings it up to you. So like that, I understand. But not knowing, like, the first track on Map of the Soul Persona, like, that, Girl. like, there there has, there has to be a line drawn somewhere. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just don't, I, I, what songs are you listening to if you don't know some of, like, the most, um, popular B-sides, the most talked about? If I see one more person... If I see one more person say House of Cards is underrated, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do, oh my do you gosh. See those, you see those comments and like tweets sometimes, right? I haven't seen House of Cards. Who the hell is saying that? Oh my gosh, I've seen it. And I mean, like House of Cards is one of the most talked about outros. It's probably the most popular outro, um, to be honest. Like, I can't, that an outro tier. That an outro tier. I can't um, back. No, not even, I, outro tier streams, I think, are, like, low uh, compared to other... But, like, in terms of, like, talking but, but about, like, performances of, like, and stuff? And, like, performances, yeah, House of Cards is definitely up there. Like, I would understand maybe even if people said love is not over, because when it comes to the HYYH series, House of Cards as an outro, um, in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, being talked about, overshadows love is not over. But, no, people... People will say House of Cards, um, and it buckles my mind, because you, you cannot, um, be on the Lord's internet saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, so, as we say, always dive into BTS's music and make sure that if you're gonna call yourself an ARMY, at least make the effort to 
listen to their music, look at their lyrics. That's literally like the most bare minimum thing you can do. Personally, I like to look at their non-music content too and read their interviews and magazine articles. But if you don't have time for that, then you can just stick to the music. But that's, and that's fine. But just don't call yourself an army if you know that you haven't made that effort to look into them as artists. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. So the next submission says, I think we could become more organized and control our actions a bit more. I know it's hard since our fandom is huge now, but sometimes we really need to stop ourselves from engaging in matters that shouldn't be given attention. Like, we are sometimes too quick to give clout to people. It may be an unintentional, for example, when their main intention was maybe to clap back, but we end up giving them the attention they want. We should be more thoughtful. Maybe we could uh, put an emphasis on that. And this is from Bangladesh. And I agree. When it comes to addressing certain topics, most of the time I tend to make my own separate tweet on it just so I don't bring attention to the person I may be subtweeting. Um, sometimes I may quote tweet, it just depends um, if I want that person to see my response or not. But more often than not, my best bet is to just like subtweet because that usually causes the least problems in terms of actually engaging with the problematic account in question. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that for a lot of things we do need to work on ignoring those things because like we were talking about with previous submissions, there have been plenty of people trying to sabotage the comeback and we really don't want to divert the attention more towards that than towards the music that's going to be coming out soon. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I don't think we need to really keep elaborating on this because I feel like we already have, so... I think um, we'll just go on to the next submission, especially if we somehow want to keep this part one under two hours. <laughs> we'll try our best. We'll try our best. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, this next submission says, I think armies on Twitter have a problem with shooter accounts always starting stuff. Am I the only one who feels that way? From Germany. And as you've been listening um, so far, no, you are not the only one that feels that way it is definitely something that's kind of been prevalent for a while now i mean we made episode three what over a year ago um so oh yeah so it's definitely something that's been there but i think with this comeback season um and just like the past few months uh within the bts drought it's probably seemed a lot uh more prevalent and therefore it's made the timeline atmosphere just just really a drag um it's it's really been a drag these past couple weeks i'll i'll toast to that amen amen and the next submission says we need to talk about youtube reactions and how armies flood oh and how armies just flood these channels with view subscribers and then move to patreon and then give them even more money it's like any wannabe YouTuber is onto us and channels will pop up daily of people reacting to BTS, quote unquote, for the first time. And next thing you know, they're all like, OMG ARMY, thank you for XYZ subscribers. Uh, like, they start selling merch and getting tattoos and asking people for tickets and stuff. Like, it's so transparent. At this point, I don't get how it's still happening. And this is from Greece. And we had talked about this in um, one of our most recent episodes. Um... Well, not the most recent episode, but one of them about YouTube reaction channels for K-pop and how 
while some of these people are just genuinely reacting to BTS because of the fact that they like BTS, and some of them may open a pre Patreon simply because things get blocked on YouTube. And, you know, some of these people, they still do, like, their Patreon and, like, it's free of charge to actually access the Patreon. So for some of them, you don't actually need to pay at all. But then other people definitely do um, ask for payment. And um, for some people, that could just be because they're trying to make an income. But other people are definitely trying to milk ARMY's money as much as they possibly can. And that is really exploited. Um, what is the word? It's exploiting them. I don't want to have to figure out the conjugation. Ex exploitive? Me. Yes, exploitative. <laughs> That's what it was. I swear we I swear we know English. I swear. I swear I was born here. Please do not send immigration services after me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like I was saying, um, when it comes to these types of things, people definitely need to make sure that they don't just give anybody clout simply for reacting to BTS because there are a lot of trash people who are reacting to BTS because they know it's going to get them clout and they don't care about the actual content that they're reacting to. They don't care about the armies. They just care about getting the clout and any potential money that they can also get out of that. And we also talked about in our episode about how people are now accepting under the table deals from K-pop companies who will tell some of these big reactors to react to the artists that they manage and in return they won't block the they won't copyright strike the video and they can keep all the ad revenue and so this type of thing leads to disingenuous reaction videos where the people who are reacting to the content will say that oh my gosh it's so good it's amazing when in reality they're only saying that it's good because the company is the one who's telling them to react to it because they know that they're letting them keep the ad revenue money and so i just want to say to people don't put too much into reaction channels and if you see any red flags pop up at all at the first sight of it just unsubscribe at the end of the day these people are regular fans like the rest of us. I can understand the need to maybe want to experience something with somebody else. And that's why some people do watch reaction channels. But again, they're just regular people. If it's showing that they're exploiting people for money or for views, just, just unsubscribe. You can find another account. Yeah, I agree. Of course, you know, you know some people um, have patreons and want to make an income from their videos and you know that's fine but if someone you know if someone starts up a channel um reacting to bts and they're already asking for help to get to the next bts concert and um just already like asking so much of you know armies when they themselves don't even have like a solid foothold on their channel then, yeah, that's definitely something to side-eye and be wary of. Okay. Exactly. Next submission says, I wonder if it's, I wonder, sorry. Sorry, let me start over. <laughs> I, okay, I'm good, I swear. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wonder if it's possible to address or understand ways that a bigger fandom can be both good and bad without making new ARMY feel unwelcome. It becomes more and more like any large, only inner group with more mobs, trolls, and witch hunts that can really hurt people. Everything is just faster and more intense. And there are more internet young people, 
and I don't necessarily mean age, but people new to the dynamics and the dangers of internet culture that could get hurt or be too quick to hurt others. I guess there's no way of turning back the clock, and I wouldn't want to try and control ARMY really, but I can't lie and say I'm comfortable putting my thoughts out there as much. I can't take the backlash of someone twisting my thoughts, and it hurts to see it happen to others. Too long, didn't read. I'm happy to see and learn from ARMY everywhere, but I'm also less confident in my ability to connect with being hurt. From the USA. God, do I relate to this. <sighs> Sometimes, oh my god, there are so many times where, like, I'll say something in the group chat, and Daisy will be like, tweet that so you can be retweeted, so I'll retweet you. And then, like, someone else will be like, oh, but what if you get jumped? And then, like, there's just, like, all of this, um like, discourse on whether or not I should tweet how I really feel um, at risk that it's going to be misconstrued and that what is something that people, you know, you expect to agree with is suddenly now um, a Batman call uh, for people to just dogpile on you. Yeah, because even the tweet that you were talking about earlier, Tala, the one that you informed that person about P-Dog, I even asked you when you had sent your tweet to the group chat, I was like, do you want me to retweet it? Because obviously me, um, in the group chat that we have, I'm the biggest account in there. And, you know, for people who follow me on my main account, you know how many followers I have. It's a lot. So sometimes I'm hesitant to retweet some of my friends' tweets because I, even though I agree with it, I just don't want them to get jumped by people who will completely misinterpret their point. And, you know, these days, even my tweets will, I would even say, especially my tweets, sometimes get misinterpreted to hell and back by people who have literally never followed me and so could never ever put themselves into my head to figure out what I was trying to say. And, you know, I've talked about this before on my main, how sometimes if you follow somebody long enough, you will understand their speech patterns and will understand what they're trying to say, even if you know that they didn't word it in the best way possible. And so that's why for, you know, some people who I have been following for a long time, even though they don't word something in the best way, I can still understand what they're trying to say. And I'm going to be like a lot more lenient in terms of like educating them in terms of like, like, I guess I'm just going to be nicer about it rather than just quote tweeting them being like, oh, you're stupid or you're dumb or I can't believe you tweeted this because I'm obviously going to understand that person more. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's really something that we take for granted. Having people who have followed us for a long time and so know what we are trying to say. Not a lot of people have that on Twitter because not a lot of people have made those connections to other people on Twitter. So when the time comes to actually tweet something and it gets misinterpreted, there's like quite literally nobody who could possibly have understood what they're saying. So it's basically your word against hundreds, maybe thousands of people in your replies and your quote tweets who are telling you what you were supposed to mean in the tweet that you made. Exactly. Um, and of course there are, not, not to say that there aren't some people that will definitely tweet something that they meant and then once they get backlash they then try to like say oh that's not what i said i i my tweet obviously meant this and it's like no it didn't mean that because if you meant that then that's what you would have said um there are there are some instances where people will definitely 
um, try to switch up as soon as they're they're not receiving positive feedback. But there are also a lot of cases where people just don't um, stop uh, to think about the nuance and uh, the context and the target audience because a lot of times people, you know, they'll just send out a tweet um, not expecting people to even read it. Right. And I understand the whole point of Twitter is microblogging. That's why it was created in the first place. I get that. Although at the same time, you know, so many people, that's actually another problem I have with some Twitter users, because I get that sometimes people may not word things the best and you may need some extra clarification just so you know what they're talking about. But then other people just constantly put it all on the person who made the tweet to fully explain what they mean in large detail so you don't jump them. Because it's like, they'll make a tweet and then this person will completely misinterpret what they say. And then when they explain what they meant, then the person's like, oh, well, you should have just said that. And it's like, well, maybe if you didn't know what I had meant, then you should have just asked me for clarification before you decided to jump the gun and jump me before you even knew what I meant. But then a lot of times people will just rely on the person to give them all the context they need and all the nuance they need when a lot of people will make a tweet in like 10 seconds without much thought because I'm sorry if I'm not on twitter.com and making sure that my tweet is relevant to every single person in the world's own experiences and the things that they have seen in their daily life. Like obviously I'm not going to be catering to every person on Twitter with my tweet but it's while it is up to some people to provide some clarification, it's also up to the reader to just have some common sense and know how to read between the lines. And if you can't do that, then just take some responsibility and ask for clarification. Huh. It reminds me of that time that I got jumped because I was like, BTS is the biggest boy band in the world. They like having, you know, content that is specifically aimed for ARMY's enjoyment does not need to be... It, it, it like it it's being taken for granted if you constantly have to feel like you have to promote it like some things like for example bts run for example it doesn't need to be on netflix why like if you want people to actually you know learn about bts and their dynamics then i guess you can have them just google um bts run it's for free on vlive but i i but in the context that tweet is made, there were discussions about, oh, people need to, you know, see how funny and lovable BTS are, and, like, putting Run on Netflix would just, you know, it, it would expose them to a larger audience. And I was like, we, you know, B BTS are so big, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to use that as a promotional tool, basically. Um, and people took my quote, so, like, the tw in the tweet where I had said BTS are the biggest band in the world, and people took that to mean, oh, so you think BTS can't get more successful and can't be more famous, and you think that they shouldn't be, um, they shouldn't gain popularity. I kid you not, that is exact, and Daisy shaking her head because she was there, and she saw those quotes, <laughs> and she was also shocked on how I was getting jumped. I mean, my account was being hacked. Like, there, it was a mess, and, like, I was, I, I took, I took, like, two days off Twitter because I don't know how that was misconstrued, how you put context into that tweet that I never said, but people took it and ran with it. 
I know. It was actually a mess. And, you know, it even inspired one of our podcast episodes. I believe I titled it like BTS and Chill or something. It's uh, kind of a little bit down there, maybe like episode 20 something. I don't remember. But like we had explained this whole thing as to like why it really isn't necessary for run BTS to be on Netflix and why it's kind of stupid to put free content behind a paywall just so it can appeal to people who probably wouldn't even understand the premise of run BTS anyway. So that was a whole thing. But like the fact that it ever got misconstrued to that point, it was just so stupid. And so that's why I can definitely understand why people are just a lot more hesitant to say stuff on the timeline because even nowadays like sometimes i'll just tweet something and out of nowhere it just gets like misinterpreted to just hell and back i think i've talked about it on the podcast before but like that whole thread i'd made about like uh the lip syncing issue um i'm honestly not even gonna get into it because that's gonna take up even more time and again we're trying to keep this under two hours but just like the way that people misinterpret tweets like Honestly, it's frustrating. And honestly, that's why we have Army Anonymous, because we want to talk about and like address these concerns that people have with the fandom, but in a way where they're not going to be judged or they're not going to be jumped because this is all anonymous. That's the whole point and why we did this. And that's why we have the podcast, because we're frustrated about people completely misinterpreting what we're saying, because there's just such a lack of nuance on Twitter and it's really it's really difficult to carry discussions on Twitter. So yeah, that's why we do this. So uh, to this person who is afraid to voice their opinions, um, well, if you're still afraid, I'm not going to go and push you to go and post on the timeline, but I would invest in a group chat if you don't have one. Just a group chat of armies who you know and who you trust where you can talk about things there without it getting completely exacerbated on the timeline. Yeah. Um, so there, that's that. The next submission says, I think a really strange narrative that has been going around for a while now, but I haven't brought it up on Twitter in fear of being misunderstood. There's this idea among some armies that Korea is this utopian society that can do no wrong. I used to only see this narrative played out on TikTok, where people made videos swearing up and down that moving to Korea would instantly fix their audience's lives. Although very annoying, those TikToks don't bug me nearly as much as when a person's credibility on Twitter discourse is entirely based on the fact that they came from the same country as the boys. Don't get me wrong, I 100% believe that there are times when K-Army takes deserve to be prioritized. Uh, for example, BTS enlistment discourse, which honestly I'm sick and tired of, but we moved. However, some are too quick to accept ridiculous theories, notions, and beliefs about the boys just because it's coming from a Korean person. I'm not sure how to fix this or even if I made any sense. Love you guys. Heart. From the USA. And Daisy, I'm going to let you respond to this because you literally just tweeted about this exact experience a few days ago. Yes, I did. Honestly, like, this is actually crazy how, like, in tune we are with our listeners where, like, they just talk about stuff and I'm like, I was literally just tweeting this the other day. So in terms of this, I was literally talking about how frustrating it is that so many people just instantly take something as fact simply because a Korean person had said it, even though what they're saying could be completely unfounded and falsified and just downright untrue. And the reason why I tweeted about this is because this was in context 
of um, the whole controversy with Hive's CCO. And if you don't know what that's about, um, basically what had happened was, I don't know if it's Hive CCO or Big Hit CCO, but either way, it's the CCO of something of the company. Pretty sure it's and Hive CCO. Mm. Yeah, but what had happened was, is that they were asked about BTS enlisting and about like all the kind of stuff around that. And basically to paraphrase what he had talked about, he basically said that because of the government's indecisiveness about the whole whether or not they should enlist, it's really been affecting the members' schedules. And so he hoped that they would come to a decision quickly. Although because he said that, there were just a bunch of these Korean netizens and honestly like trolls and stuff who had basically started dogging on BTS for what the CCO said even though if this is the going to be the only opinion I have on this discourse involving enlistment I personally feel like he was right in saying that because BTS literally have to plan around the government's decisions because they don't know whether the government is going to make them enlist or not or whether or not they're going to be permitted to do alternate service or not but regardless, they still haven't come to a clear-cut decision, and that's impacting BTS's schedule. And honestly, a lot of people have even speculated that the reason why that they're coming out with an anthology album and not starting a brand new era is because they don't want to start a brand new era before they get confirmation on whether or not they have to enlist. Because that would pretty be pre it would be pretty messy. Because then. There's no point in them starting a whole new era if they're just going to enlist and suddenly the time to promote those songs is just gone. And so, you know, because of all of this uncertainty in the air, I feel personally, again, I will preface this by saying this is my personal opinion. I feel that he was right in saying that because the government is quite literally wasting their time. So people, yeah, so, so people were mad at that and... Then they were saying that he was making BTS look bad because apparently what he said was somehow rude or disrespectful. And so somehow, um, you know, it ended up being that people suddenly started requesting him to resign. And there were a lot of K Mantis and K Solos and all those types of people on the K side who were basically demanding that the CCO resign. Um, for quite literally what I believe to be nothing that he's done wrong. And people were saying that, like, we should just go along with it, that we should support K-Armies. And there was one person in particular who had said, oh, um, I'm, like, who was, like, there was one person in particular who was explaining, like, all of this in, like, Manti rhetoric and how we should support them, you know, uh, demanding for the CCO to resign. And somebody had quoted this saying, oh, I'm Korean and this is true. I can't explain everything to you in English though. And I personally took offense to that because I'm like, you can't try and get the support of English speakers if you're not going to give them an explanation as to what is going on. And I had said that this has become a serious problem because this has happened in the past before where people have weaponized that language gap to then manipulate people into supporting causes that don't have good intentions behind them. And this was another one of those things where you were telling people in English, oh, I'm Korean and this is true, 
but then you're not going to explain to them what's going on in English so that they could understand. And if it's the case where maybe you're not fluent in English and you're using a translator to even say that, why couldn't you at least go and consult a translator to at least get your message across so people who do speak English can understand what you're trying to do here? But then when I had said that on the timeline, some people were saying that I was being microaggressive because I was saying that they should have told us what was going on in English if they were going to be using English anyway. And then someone even tried to imply that like, oh, I bet like you're the type of person who would tell BTS to speak English in v like, on VLAS. And I'm like, that is literally not true, first of all. And second of all, this is just me pointing out something that is like very obviously somebody trying to manipulate other people into supporting a cause that they don't even have an explanation as to what it's for. And, you know, it was just this assumption that the Korean armies are in the right because this is somehow their issue that they're going through and they should get first priority to this whole thing. But then at the same time, you know, to just assume that everybody who is a Korean native speaker has the best intentions is just really not the way to go about things. And so that's why I was just really frustrated about it. And I feel like people are still just falling for it to this day. Exactly. And I, I think that the weaponization of the language barrier is definitely something prevalent and wanting to be wary and cautious of that is is not racist or xenophobic if so, if you if you come up to someone um and you're speaking their language and say oh you should do this and this and then they reply why and then you respond with you know if you respond very condescending and get defensive about why they're asking questions and then your defense is that oh i i i i don't speak you know so and so language well well if you want people to support your cause um you you, you can't just expect them to blindly follow what you say like it doesn't make it, that doesn't make any sense Exactly. Like using the term I'm Korean and this is true is not enough to get people to rally against your cause. That's not a sufficient enough explanation as to why they should follow you. And, you know, a lot of people were really just ignoring the the obvious tactics that they were using to try and get people to support them in demanding that the CCO resign. And I'm like, not only was just was this not our fight to begin with, but you're trying to get international armies involved without even giving them the transparency of knowing what they're fighting for. I think that is problematic. And people trying to say that I was racist or microaggressive for calling that out, even though it's literally true, people have weaponized that language barrier before. I didn't know what to say. So all I'll say to you guys is that definitely be careful just because somebody speaks Korean, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have the best intentions at heart for either the fandom or for BTS and their company. So just always take stuff like that with a grain of salt. If someone wants you to believe what they're saying simply based off of the fact that they are Korean or they speak Korean, that's not enough of an explanation. Exactly. All right. So the next submission, they say... Uh, I'm 
new here, but I'm quite concerned about the large amount of Islamophobic Hindu right-wing following individuals in the fandom. I don't know how we can weed them out because Indian politics at present is really, really messed up. Messed up to the extent I've seen armies defend banning of religious beliefs of another community. And these are clearly young adults. The problem is one such tweet exposes the whole posse of dictators, followers onto her platform, and they spew really vile stuff. It's quite horrid. These people also overlap with take hookers a lot. So yeah, I'm quite bothered by it. I don't think Bangtan represents views of hatred, especially when their politics stems from resistance. They talk about it and sing about it, and they wouldn't be supportive of such viewpoints. So it's very bizarre to me that these folks think that what they represent is okay. It's not. I'm sure this is everywhere. Right-wing ideology is slowly creeping up, and it's terrifying. I don't know what's a solution to this. As a fandom, I just trusted armies more. I know that we may have some crappy folks, but I just trusted more. I don't know how weeding out will work, and this is from India. Yeah, because we're not on Indian t Army Twitter, we don't necessarily know the full story of this. So maybe if there's anybody who's Indian and who's listening to this, maybe you can inform us about this when we post the episode. Although in terms of right-wingers in like, for example, America, if you were going to make a comparison, it really baffles me how right-wingers can consume BTS's content and like not know that like they're basically like what we're fighting against like i don't know it's like that whole meme with garfield where he sees himself on a wanted poster and he's like oh i wonder who that's for it's like girl we're talking about you i don't know how you can be here and support causes that bts clearly are against and have spoken about in their music and in interviews i just don't understand that yeah, it will never make sense um, to me at all. Um, I, I remember there was like that conservative army account that was saying, you know, BTS, you know, still cares about me. Um, and all the quotes were like, no, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, it just, Honestly. It's just very weird to, you know, align yourself with um, a political identity that marginalizes other people and marginalizes the same people that you claim to stand. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So I just hope that in terms of whatever right-wing issues that Indian Army Twitter seems to be facing, I hope that you guys resolve that because I know that we on occasion have to deal with our share of right-wingers in America and I'm sure that in terms of like Korean right-wingers there's just been like a huge surge of that ever since the new president got elected so I'm, I'm feeling for everybody across the globe right now so hopefully we take care of this issue because it's can be it can be pretty terrifying when people like that are in the fandom people who you know, align themselves with political views that constantly, you know, dismiss um, the concerns of people like us every day, for example, like people of color, like women that constantly just invalidate the struggles of all these minority groups. And so, yeah, I really hope that gets solved right away. But yeah, good luck to Indian armies. And so the next submission, they say, hello, you two. First of all, I love your podcast. I've been in ARMY since August 2018, and there's still a lot of fandom history I did not know about, so I really appreciate you discussing different issues from the past and clarifying some information that might have been twisted from those years. 
The reason for my Army Anonymous submission is the recurring issue of the so-called quote-unquote hard stand accounts tweeting really inappropriate fantasies about the members, which oftentimes cross certain boundaries. For example, today we had such an account tweeting quote-unquote, they've been selling BTS, uh, oh, BTS have been selling sex as part of the BTS brand since debut, grow the F up. There is just something wrong with framing it that a group that consisted of mostly minors selling their bodies to drive their success. This point was also brought across by some retweets discussing the notion. I don't think we can dictate how and what to tweet, but I think hearts and accounts should at least block any official accounts and stop using videos or pictures of the boys when they were considered minors. They should refrain from making those weird zoomed in videos of their body parts as well. Although it is somewhat illogical of them cussing out the retweets as quote unquote kids when a lot of them are armies in their 20s, but calling the members grown men. Either we're all kids or adults, make up your minds. Again, thank you for your hard work and I hope if this issue hasn't been made into another army anonymous, we could get some thoughts and maybe uh, probable solutions to this one. And this is from Austria. Uh, yeah, first, first of all, thank of all, you so thank much. You. Um, no, we said the exact same thing. Um, I just wanted to jump <laughs> into, listen, that tweet that, um, they mentioned about BTS have been selling sex since their debut, rightfully ratioed, I saw that tweet and I was like, what are, first, 15 year old Jungkook was selling sex, like, 16, 17 year old women were selling sex, what are you talking about? How was big cars, big rings selling sex? Like, I... It, that, it really blew my mind. Um, like, I still can't comprehend it. Like, what, what was the thought process? What was the logic? Like, was that, like, how, like, I get it. They were trying to justify, you know, reasons to be overtly, uh, sexual and, you know, sexual, uh, sexualizing, um, the boys. And in their mindset, that's how they did it. But it was obviously very wrong because no bts have not um been selling sex since debut in fact what is called their most sexiest comeback was blood sweat and tears and that was when um by blood sweat and tears jungkook had um was legally an adult then um so no i don't i don't i know that that tweet rightfully jumped i don't even want to talk about it that much because it just made me so angry that they would just like just like inherently sexualize bts to the extent where performances and music that was not um centered around sex or um just like whether visually or like performance wise was not centered around that was somehow in their mind um it was basically like that just blew my mind um and it, 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 terrible tweet glad it was ratioed um but then with um you know the point about you know hard stain accounts yeah i'm glad that there are um some accounts that do have like um an 18 plus in their bio and if they are tweeting like really overtly sexual things some of them do have the main accounts blocked especially nsfw fan artists um they usually have the boys blocked but some people I feel like they don't perceive how sexual their tweets are for some reason. Um, mm. And though they probably don't even consider themselves themselves hard stands. And so they're just like tweeting the wildest things. 
um, that uh, and expecting people to just agree with them, um, even if they're sexualizing minors. Yeah, it's really weird. I personally did not see that tweet, but hearing it out loud, that is literally disgusting. Because, yeah, sure, Jimin flashes abs in No More Dream, and they flash their abs in We Are Bulletproof Part 2. But then aside from, like, literally that one part of the choreography that lasts for a few seconds at best, um, that's just a really, really terrible take because, like, they have talked about so many members in BTS at that time were minors. I think the only people who weren't considered minors were Yoongi and Jin, and that's only by like Korean age standards, maybe. Because Yoongi, I think he may have been like, I think maybe it was either that he was 18 or 19, and then Jin was like 20. I'm, I'm pretty sure um, 90, like rest- 94 line, I think, was at least internationally 19. So I think they would have been um, legal korean and international age i'm pretty sure but no actually no no because jungkook had not turned 16 yet and they and they're three years older than jungkook so they would have been 18 going on 19 actually oh that is true okay i I, sometimes i just do the math years and i don't like consider the months so that does make sense um yeah maybe j-hope would have been no actually no, because if women were seven, yeah, I think that maybe it was just that they were going on 19. But either way, that's still like a very like close border. And, you know, you're talking about this from the perspective of somebody who's already decades older than them. So even if they were 18, that's still like very sus. Because, you know, right. for example, we even treat like people here, like if you were 18 years old and like somebody who was like, I don't know, 26, wanted to date you, I would be signing you, the 26-year-old, for going after an 18-year-old. Like, that's weird. Um, So when people are like, oh, they've been selling sex, and you're looking at people who, like, are quite freshly turned 18-year-olds, and people who are under the age of 18, like, are you absolutely insane? Especially because, like, like... Aside from just, like, the choreography, there's so much about their music that just was not screaming sexy. Like, you literally look at their debut songs and it's about having dreams and finding happiness and not being trapped in other people's plans for your lives and stuff like that. And then your first instinct was they're selling sex. Were you even listening to the music? It it genuinely made no sense, and I'm glad they were dragged, um... But when it comes to, you know, people, oh my gosh, like, there's also, I don't see it that much anymore, but I would also remember a few years back, there would always be, like, those, uh, it would be Delulu shippers, and they would, like, zoom in on pictures of BTS to be like, oh, look, they have a hickey, and it's like, that's, first of all, you don't know what a hickey looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, thanks, thanks for, um, telling on yourself, um, that you have never had a hickey or given someone else hickey because that is not what it looks like. Um, and first of all, nothing wrong with that. Um, nothing wrong um, with being sexually inexperienced. Totally fine. But it is also a little bit weird to be so, to have such little sexual experience, but then just be 
com- just be completely sexual towards these other people. Um, like that, like there's just like a disconnect there, and it also showcases um, an unhealthy relationship with topics surrounding sex because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Especially because a lot of shippers are underage. So it's like you're underage and you're trying to overly sexualize these people who are adults. And that's really weird. And a lot of teenagers don't realize how weird that is until they actually become legal. And they're like, wow, I was really saying all this sexual stuff about people who were like twice my age. Wow, that's crazy. And, you know, so when it comes to things like that, I just really hope that people just really watch what they say if you're going to be sexual do it in a place where you know that the boys are blocked that you have the uh, the 18 or older clarification in your bio and also just don't say some stuff that goes over the line because even if you have that over 18 symbol in your bio and even if you have the boys blocked sometimes People will just say stuff that is just so out of pocket that regardless of any precautions you've taken for like the boys or minors to not see your stuff, like there's just no excusing that. And, you know, something like this, definitely by saying that BTS were selling sex since they were minors, that's like a terrible thing to say. And a lot of people really hide behind the hard stand label in order to justify saying this type of out of pocket stuff. And so while I definitely agree that you know the boys can be sexy and that it's okay that people can find them you know sexually attractive but also be wary of just how far you're pushing that boundary because there are times where you can cross the line right um and once again like to just assume that someone who is disagreeing with your hypersexualization of BTS is a minor. Um, no. So, like um, this submission said, a lot of us are adults around the same age as BTS or older, and uh, we don't agree um, with a so-and-so tweet. So, to just assume that, like, people disagreeing are just are just um children it's yeah i don't agree with that whatsoever it's it's a very dangerous line i've been being too um of course there i mean of course there's always going to be a thin line between you know um hypersexualization and also like sexual repression and whatnot but that's like a whole that and like the relationship between those two things like that's just a whole separate conversation so we're not going to get into that Exactly. So moving on to the next submission, this person just says the growing influence of large accounts. And this is from the USA. I definitely agree that some large accounts definitely have this sort of God complex where once they reach a certain amount of followers, they feel like they can tell other people in the fandom what to do. And Honestly, that type of stuff can be so irritating because with big accounts, you definitely have to balance out that social responsibility with also letting people think for themselves. Because even though my account is big, I constantly remind people that I am not a god, that if there's something that you disagree with me on, or there's something that you just don't understand, or like, like, it's okay if you don't agree with everything that I say, because... At the end of the day, I'm one person and there's millions of people in the fandom. 
obviously we're never going to have a time where all of us have the same opinion and that's because we're such a diverse fandom who are all different ages, different genders, different sexualities, different races, and we come from different walks of life, naturally we're not going to see eye to eye on certain things and that's okay. Although some people definitely run their accounts as if they're the only correct army and that if you don't follow what they say or if you just don't follow their account then somehow you're just some sort of weird outsider and you don't know what you're talking about and it's really really annoying. Luckily, I will never be a big account, so I will never um, gain a god complex. I will be humble forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. You can follow me if you want. Um, but, yeah. Big accounts, I mean, I think we, we had a whole episode dedicated to, like, big account versus small account discourse, so you can go check out that episode. Um, but, yeah. At the end of the day, we're all fans of bts and no one is a better fan than anyone else just because of the amount of followers they have mm. all right um next mission says i feel like army don't discuss bts and army history enough it hinders the fandom in my opinion i come across new army slash new fans regu regularly on reddit um the k-pop one and bogtan these new fans ask about plagiarism, accusations, and other things that occurred pre-2019. As we know, that community hates BTS and ARMY. They are the ones who feed the new fans lies. Told me that we exaggerate, that something didn't happen, the trolls were at fault, the ARMY started it, and those fans retaliate. BTS was never poor, nor did they struggle, etc. It's those things that harmful. The frustrating part is that some Reddit ARMYs agree with K-pop fans. The rest end up being downloaded by a lot. It is hard correcting misinformation and lies over there. Here on Twitter, some armies mix up the truth with fan jokes, speculations like the Yoongi and the fan marriage story, or how Hobie was meant to be a vocalist. There's also a part of the fandom that doesn't speak much on November 2018 and would rather forget. The problem with that is that I've seen K-pop Twitter of uh, the adult saviors tell new fans that armies were misled by right-wingers to spread their propaganda. I think the fandom needs to have these conversations from the usa yeah in terms of bts history um while there are some parts of it that are painful that i do not want to talk about we still have to talk about it anyway because we have to educate newer fans so that people who are aunties and stuff like that don't go and manipulate those fans and you know talk to them about just stuff that isn't true you know, there are many times where people will spread misinformation online and we've seen that, we've talked about it, and it can be really frustrating. And, you know, sometimes some armies will get caught up in their own misinformation without really knowing. And so it's really good that we go and basically debunk that kind of stuff. And I know it can be pretty frustrating when you're in an area and, like, people just don't agree with you. Although I would definitely say don't give up if you're really focused on wanting to educate newer people. Sometimes it is necessary to take those hits because me, I've definitely taken a lot of hits over my army career. It's been a lot, but I still do stand by my point of wanting to educate newer armies and encourage discussion and you know in terms of the history thing we were kind of planning on doing like a whole bts history sort of series on here but that's going to require like a lot of research and so 
when when that happens we'll let you guys know yeah i know that a lot of people do really appreciate um when we go into the history of some things so when we when we talk about specific events we do like to go back and like really make sure we have all the details and whatnot because you know context and everything that happens in between is always going to be really important um we want to make sure that uh, we are presenting information to people that probably, most likely, didn't experience it and don't know better. Um, make sure we're presenting information as accurately as possible. Yeah, agreed. I think that educating people is kind of what we're here for. And I feel like it is definitely our duty as fans to try and guide newer fans into the fandom as seamlessly as possible because while I do understand that people just want to be fans, they don't want to have to worry about all this kind of stuff, armies, like our fandom has just become so complicated that I feel like sometimes we do have to take some of these steps. If that's not for you, that's okay. But for the people who definitely want to work hard to try and fix all this misinformation and narratives that are going on, that like are just being spread across the timeline, I definitely encourage you guys to keep trying and keep fighting against people who are trying to spread false rumors. It really helps every person who does it. It just, it's a really big contribution. It's really important that we do this. So yeah, um, but we'll let you guys know when we get started on that history series. But for now, we're just going to have to you know, use Twitter in our podcast. So yeah, that pretty much concludes this part's submissions. So this time it's going to be a two-parter simply because um, otherwise I'd have a lot to edit. So um, the two-parter is going to come out tomorrow. So stay tuned for that one. All right. Bye for now. Bye.